Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want to plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Larry, I hear we're talking about cash today. I like cash. Yes, actually, cash and retirement. So cash a combination of both. Retirement. We're talking about the green stuff, not the Johnny cash, right? Correct. The Got green it. stuff. The green stuff. All right. So uh, cash in retirement or cash approaching retirement, what, what are we tackling today? Well, kind of about this, kind of really the same thing. As you get as you get within three years of retirement and then throughout retirement, how much cash do you really need? Mm. And with cash interest rates virtually zero these days, and they have been for a long time, it's a very interesting discussion on uh, what, you sh- what you should do because you're not earning any money on your cash. Mm-hmm. So what, sh- what is the right answer? And you know, I always tell people there's really two factors to look at. One is the kind of financial decision factor, and the other mm-hmm. one is uh, the sleep factor. You know, all the planning that we do, we kind of talk about you know, both of that, whether it's cash or whether should I have a mortgage, uh, what's the right answer and what is the answer that works for, uh, for you? Everyone's a little bit different. I, I like the way you put that sleep factor, right? I mean, that's uh, worry and concern, you know, that keeps people up all the time for different reasons in their life. And I know the finances are one of the main things that, you know, drive a wedge in, in marriages and, you know, people have sleepless nights. So, I'm hoping that you'll give us a clue here. <laughs> I know that each yeah. individual is different, but what's a good rule of thumb? Right. No, we're going to definitely go. We're going to definitely dive into that. And it's not only the sleep factor, but it's also um, having a the right amount in cash so you stick to your financial plan. Mm. Uh, because if you don't stick your financial plan, that's when problems come up. And we'll talk a little bit more. We'll talk a little bit more about that. So interesting and interesting enough. Uh, this week, or probably by the time the podcast comes out, it'll be a few few weeks old. But CNBC. They actually quoted me in an article, and you can go into CNBC.com and go nice. into their invest, investment section, and then under their personal finance section, just scroll down. Um, it was August 16th was the date. And a lot of different advisors had a lot of different opinions on how much cash you should keep in your, keep in your portfolio. And... You know, some advisors, well, cash is not making you any any money, so you really shouldn't have any cash in that. Mm. Uh, and I'm from a different, I'm definitely from a different point of view, and that you should have cash in there again, so you can stick to your game plan when there's a market correction. And I'll go through a couple examples in a, in a few minutes. It also allows you to maintain your equity allocation. So I look at cash from the the first standpoint. Is is really from an expenses like what how much cash do you need really has a factor on how much are you pulling out of your portfolio how much do you need to spend on your lifestyle mm. 
Mm-hmm. So the first thing really is determining what your expenses are. I still can't believe how many people I, I talk to as they're approaching retirement and I'm asking them, well, what, how much money do you need in retirement? And they're like, huh, I think this much, but I'm not really sure. And I'm like, if you miss, and if you miss by a big, big number, it's going to have a dramatic mm-hmm. effect on your whole retirement planning. So the really the first thing that we do is is figure out okay what what are you going what is your monthly expenses what is your yearly yearly expenses how much are you going to need so that's really step one that you should do and then step two is really what is your proper asset allocation I think we've talked about that on some different podcasts how much equity should you have in your portfolio how much fixed income and we use a uh, a questionnaire we've been using this for probably twenty years a Finometrica questionnaire uh, they were recently bought out by a firm, and then that firm was bought out by Morningstar. And it's a 25-question questionnaire, not some of these four or five questionnaires that uh, try to figure out what your risks are. So we use that first to really get an idea again, what are you comfortable with and how much are you comfortable in the stock market and equities? And what we found is this risk tolerance gives us a good idea about what you're comfortable with and what you'll stay the course during your life in the amount of equities that you have. Mm -hmm. So once we determine what your allocation is, and I'm just going to use an example, let's say the allocation and we we talk about is 50-50, 50% in equities, 50% in, uh, in, in bonds. And we've then actually looked at some of these studies, again, that were done by Finometrica. And Finometrica has done a study using a diversified asset allocation portfolio from January 1st, 1972 to December 31st, 2020. They update mm. it every year. So we're now 48 years of data. And they actually show, there's a lot of things in the study, but it it shows the top 10 um, highest returns over a short period of time, and it shows the top 10 worst returns over the short period of time. Uh, Just as a side, anyone who's interested about this study want to contact me, I'll gladly share that with them. But once we we focus now on the the worst the, the, the 10 worst scenarios and kind of look at this and look at this from from the not only from the high but how long it how long it recovered so I'm going to give you a couple examples so one of the worst ones or, or the was the, the biggest drop was remember the the bank collapse in October 2007. Mm-hmm. So the the fall was on a 50-50 portfolio, a full equity portfolio fell a lot more, but on a 50-50 portfolio fell 32%. And it happened over 16 months. And then it took another 21 months to recover from the low. So from October 2007, almost a little over three years later, you recouped your money, November 2010. It took three years to recoup your money from a 50-50 portfolio. People kind of maybe forgot about that. We had a little bit of a hint about that in in the beginning of 2020, but the, uh, the downturn was about 12%. And it fell in two months, but it recovered in three months. Mm. But the the other two top times that your portfolio would have fallen over 20% was 
August 2000, the uh, tech correction, which I do re- do remember. Again, it, it was two years from the high to the low and another 16 months to recover. So August 2000 to January 2004. And we all probably don't remember, but July 1973 was a 22% downturn, and it took 27 months from the the from the beginning to the end. So why do I why do I talk about that? So one of the things is I don't care how much money you have. When we go through these big, quick downturns, people get nervous. And they start to thinking, oh, I've got to stop the bleeding. I've got to sell. I don't want it to go down anymore. It's going to go to zero. Just the opposite that everybody, what everybody should do. But that's just psychological. People panic when it's down. And then when Mm -hmm. things are going great and really high, they want to buy more. And you want to do just the opposite. You want to sell high and buy low. So how do you stay the course? How do you do not panic when the market is down and Better yet, how do you rebalance and add to the equities when it's when it's down? One of the ways to do that is if you have enough cash to ride out the downturn. So uh, I just discussed certain three of the top falls for a 50-50 portfolio. So if you're in that allocation, the worst time frame was 39 months. So what we're kind of looking at is cash somewhere in the 24 to 39 months right now, especially now with the bull market and a long run on there, a little bit higher on our cash cash allocation. Mm-hmm. So, and if you have a higher equity exposure, a 60% or an 80% exposure to allocation, you should have a little bit more cash in because the, the time to recover is going to be going to be longer. Now, we use something what's called a cash reservoir, or actually our reservoir um, strategy, which includes cash. So part of the way we set this up is you have a long-term reservoir and a medium-term reservoir, and that kind of flows into your short-term reservoir. And that's where your cash is. That's where the 24 to 39 months that we're saying that you should have in there. And then that money is then sent to you or taken out of your portfolio to, to spend on. Now, some of the the investments in your medium term and your long term, maybe throwing off dividends. So the dividends in cash go into your portfolio. So that's why we have the range. Some people have enough dividends that they're getting almost one year's worth of cash from the dividends. So we can be on the lower end mm. of our uh, 24 to 39 months. So it, there's always a range in there and what people are what people are comfortable in there. And this allows you to stay the course. And that goes back to that goes back to our sleep factor. I can't tell you. I can tell you that this worked in 2000 and 2008, where we did a lot of handholding to say, "Hey, we have enough cash to ride this out mm-hmm. in our short term." And worst case scenario, even if it didn't r- recover in three years, we still have money in your fixed income, your medium term portfolio, as long as you believe that somewhere down the road. 10 years down the road, your equities are going to come back and outperform. Don't panic now and sell and, and sell now. 
And by the time 2020 came about, our clients that would have gone through it in 20 in 2008, they were they didn't even need to hear the story. In fact, they were like, "Well, how much are we rebalance? How much are we putting mm-hmm. back into the market?" So for those that have gone through a downturn in retirement, they've seen it once. Maybe they're a little bit more inclined to to be a little bit more confident. But for those that have never seen that, um, I guess a little bit in 2020. But for those that haven't retired after 2008 and we've gone through this bull market, it's going to happen again. I -hmm. can't tell you when. I can't tell you how much. But we will have another one of these timeframes. And having enough cash in your portfolio allows you to sleep Right, and if you do it, if you if you're creating the portfolio right, the fifty fifty portfolio should throw off enough of returns to you that you can maintain your lifestyle in retirement. So it's a combination of everything. Okay, I, I want to go back to something you said, Larry, because I don't want to gloss over it by any means. You, you're talking about living expenses, you know, twenty four to thirty nine months, uh, but at the same time, you also mentioned being able to purchase when the market is low. So when we do have a major downturn, are you suggesting that people put away living expenses, you know, that 24 to 39 months, and then maybe some additional monies that they can use to get, you know, put more into the market when it's on sale? No. So what we're saying is, remember that medium term reservoir that's Mm -hmm. in your fixed income? We would use some of that Got to it. to purchase to purchase equities. So we're still going to maintain the cash allocation. We just now may rebound. So now if your 50-50 portfolio is now 40-60, um, we would take some of the fixed income to go back to 50-50. Mm, so we're buying some equities on the long term, but we're still maintaining our our cash cash position. Now, after a if we did have a big market correction, we may not be adding to cash for we may let the cash go down because there's no reason to sell some other investments to replenish the cash after we've had one of these downturns. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. I mean, I've always kind of wondered how you can buy stuff on sale if you're waiting out that that downturn, but that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've had plenty of conversations with these with with very smart people who have always said, "Well, I have a lot in cash because I'm waiting for that correction." I, I, we've talked about this before. I can't tell you how many people that I spoke to, not clients, but other people, astute people who are thought the market was going to go way down from the election, so they kept a lot of money in cash. And guess what? November. That November was one of the best Novembers in the history of the stock market. Mm, mm. So they're never going to make that up. So trying to figure that out by keeping cash in place because you think you're going to have that opportunity, yes, maybe you get lucky and you get it right one time, but more than more than often we've seen that you 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 miss out the miss yeah. out the opportunity. Yeah. And then the worst thing is to see people who have sold after a correction and then don't get back in mm-hmm. because they're waiting for the right opportunity. So trying to time the market and figure that out. I've been doing this so long, so many times, you just you really just can't figure it figure it out. And yeah. all the people that that say that they can and you should move out of cash. Yeah. Some people are gonna get it right because if there's enough people out there making predictions, some are gonna get their right predictions, but you, you're never gonna be able to consistently do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
timing it twice, that's a, that's a bad, bad idea. <laughs> yes. And th- there's a big difference. You're still in your working years, Eric, but mm-hmm. once that spigot is turned off and there's no more money coming in. Yeah, maybe you have social security, but no more money coming in. It gets all it's a whole different mindset, a whole different feeling yeah. when you're seeing that portfolio go down on paper. While you're working now, you're like, ah, I got plenty of time to wait for it to come back up. I'm still earning a living. I'm still putting money away. No big deal. But when things, when you're in retirement from the, the all of our retired clients that we talk to, it's a much different mindset. Yeah, absolutely. All right, for those that are listening that are not working with somebody already who's telling them this information, obviously I'm going to tell them to reach out to you. So, what could they do to reach out to you, and and uh, what kind of conversation are you going to have with them? Yeah, sure. So. Uh, thanks, Eric. You can just go to our website, hellowealthmanagement.com, and on the homepage, uh, click down and schedule a 20-minute no-cost consultation to see if we can help you out and if you're a fit for, for us. Or just feel free to call the office, 631-293-2806. Larry, thank you so much for putting out that information. I'm hoping that the listener that is hearing this podcast is going, wait a second, maybe, maybe I don't have that much uh, set aside, or maybe I, maybe I need more, maybe I have too much set aside, and I need less. Uh, I hope they call you. I hope they reach out through the website and, and make that appointment for that 20 minutes. Uh, that would be great because it can definitely impact the rest of their retirement. Uh, again, Larry, thank you so much for the info today. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.